Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. And let us do that. Let us get on with the show because it is Friday the 29th of March. We're almost at the end of March. We're marching on to April and whatnot and so forth. Oh my goodness. Insanity as time marches on. You know, last week I entitled the show My Head is Exploding because of all the demons in the news. And I think uh, this this week I'm going to entitle it My Heart is Exploding because it, um, woo, crazy stuff. People, 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 people. I've been telling you this for years now. Years, years, years. We're in perilous time. Before I said, you know, I talk about this stuff to show you the perilous times that we're in, the perilous times we're entering, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's. I'm no longer telling you that we're entering into perilous times. We're here. We're knee-deep into it. Have to look around. You have to see what's going on around you, around on, the, on this whole earth. Okay, on the whole land, there are floods going on in different parts of the earth right now. Floods that are being likened to days of Noah, days of Noah flood. There are dams that are about to burst. There are warnings to people to get out, to leave low ground, get up to high ground. A large part of the United States is still dealing with heavy-duty snow and weather phenomena. It's all over the place, folks. And you know it. You know as well as I know, it's not global warming, and it's not you. You didn't do it. The pickup truck you drive didn't cause record-breaking rain. More rain has fallen in certain areas within hours than it would normally take for an entire year. I'm telling you, there's something vitally, vitally wrong with our reality right now. There are changes that are happening so quick to our land, to the atmosphere, to the sun. To the moon, to the constellations, 
You know, the Bible speaks about the sun going black as sackcloth, black, dark. And we have entered, we have entered into a grand solar minimum, a 400-year cycle. This is science. They track this. Not real meteorologists, real scientists track this. Not not the guy you're, you're watching on the Weather Channel or, you know, the Fox News weather guy. Real, real site, real climatologists are tracking this. They've mapped it out. They know that over so many periods of years, it's cyclic. And we are in a grand solar minimum. And the last time we've had that, the last time that it produced this, you have civilizations that fall. You have economies that collapse. Not it's not just a magical thing. They collapse because there's the food shortages. There's cold weather, uh, food loss, crop loss. The grains in Nebraska, the silos, the storage. There's water, and if that water even contaminates a little bit of that storage, just a little bit on the ground, the whole thing is wasted. It's the whole thing is gone. They don't just like, oh, let's take the good grain off the top. The whole thing is contaminated. It's only a matter of time before you see your food prices skyrocket. You see shortages. People already are trying to move out of these areas into areas more west that's more warmer, like where we live, where you don't have the snows and the and the rains and things like that. You have other problems. It gets hotter than hell here. But um, we're, we're going to see what happens this summer. A lot of people are hoping because we had such a cold winter, We act, it actually snowed here in the southwest desert in Nevada. Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada, was in snow. I actually filmed snow on the side of the road on my way to Vegas um, in February. I posted it on on Facebook, Fifth Hook Media. I saw it with my own eyes. So a lot of people are thinking, well, the summer we're hoping is going to be cooler because we had such a cold winter, it's going to be cooler. But other people say it could be just the opposite. And it could be. We don't know. You don't know. Um, when I say it gets hot here, I mean, I mean, probably at its peak, it's anywhere... 111 to 115. You know, I've clocked it in my car sitting in the sun at 120. I've posted pictures of that. 120. Uh, so if there's something extreme, and everything is, is, is extreme, nothing's the way it was, uh, we could be, you know, looking at some really, really dangerous, dangerous weather phenomena also here. But um, it's, it's, it's happening Folks, the earth is groaning. It's happening. When Jesus told the parables of, of uh, and he explained this parable, fortunately, to, to his disciples and to us, of the wheat and tares. And uh, it talked about how these tares were growing. They looked just like the wheat. This is the serpent seed, folks. This is those species of animal that look just like you. They look human. They talk human, and they're protected by your human rights. That's why you can't just go shoot them in the face, right? They're protected. Other species of their kind, the reptilian serpent seed species, protects them. That's why you have Jussie Mouet, 
getting off of all crimes. You have uh, these these people committing just horrendous crimes that the courts letting them loose because they take care of each other or they try some degree. And Jesus talks about these two species growing together. One looks just like the real thing. And they're entangled. They get entwined, you see. Genesis 6, when the sons of God came down, mated with the daughters of men, wanted to create their own world down here, which they did, which they have created, by the way. That's the world you live in. It's a false, illusionary world created by the fallen ones. It's not real. Never has been. Everything's a lie. And they made it with human race. We're all mixed with that alien DNA. Don't give me this. Oh, they, they seeded us. We're all mixed with it. There's only one way to get rid of it. You have to, your nature has to be renewed. It has to be spiritually renewed to get rid of that. There's only one way to do that. They come down. They mate with the daughters of men. They corrupt the seed. So now you've got the serpent seed growing up with the human race. You've got two species here, and the roots are intertwined. So Jesus says, there's tares among the wheat, right, in this parable. So the, the workers, which he later interprets and tells us, the workers are the angels. The angels say, shall we go and pull up the tares? Shall we rip them out? And... uh Jesus says that you can't do that at this point because if you rip them out, you're going to also rip out the wheat. You'll harm the wheat. Let them grow together until the harvest. So they have to grow together until the harvest. That's what's been happening. There's a species on this earth that's not fully human. They're dictating everything to you, all the lies to you everywhere, in your newscast, on your TV, on your internet, on your Facebook page, at your church. They're lying to you. They're lying to you. And they look just like you, and so you believe it, and you're deceived, because it's all about deception. It's all a lie. He's the father of lies. You know what that means? He's the father of lies. He invented the lie. He is the lie. Everything that emanates is the lie. Most people don't recognize the lie because it's disguised with bits and kernels of truth. That's why they continue in their religious systems. And I'm not talking about Mormonism, and I'm not talking about a Jehovah's Witness, and I'm not talking about whatever you think might be a cult out there or Islam or, you know. I'm talking about post-biblical modern Christianity that, People, they say, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ, but they cannot give up the tradition of men and the lies of men. They will not give it up. They refuse to give it up. I am at the point that I cannot help people anymore. I cannot convince anyone of anything anymore. The truth is there, and once you reject the truth, there's nothing... I can do to convince you otherwise, nor will I do that. Someday, everybody will see. Someday, everybody will see. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess 
to the real Jesus Christ, to the real Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of the Most High God, not the pseudo-Christ or the religion or the cultural Christianity in which they cling. I'm telling you the truth, whether you want to believe it or not. I'm telling you the truth. That's the truth. And the wheat and tares have grown together, and they look just like you, and you're deceived because of that. And at the end of the age, the workers come, which are the angels, and they do not rapture the wheat and take the wheat out of the world while the rest of the the tares remain here. They do not. They come and they tear the tares out. They pull up the tares now. They don't touch the wheat. The wheat remain. They pull up the serpent seed and they throw it and they burn it. They bundle it. They gather it and they burn it as chaff. After that, after the destruction of the serpent seed and the evil, then they gather up the wheat to the Lord's barn. Jesus interprets that parable to his disciples and to us, and he clearly states that the workers are the angels at the end of the age, that the tares are the seed sown by the wicked one. The wicked one. It's the seed sown by them. He clearly states they will be pulled up and destroyed before the wheat, his chosen people, the called out ones, the true church, the ecclesia, those who hear his voice and know who he is. Not tradition of men, not religion, but hear his voice. I can't stress that enough because the time has come where there is no more resolve for people. It's here. And he's going to come and he's going to gather those who hear his voice. It's the end of the age. And those wheat, those pure Israelites before him, I'm not talking about the nation of Israel. I'm talking Israel where there is Jew, Greek, Gentile, barbarian, all in Christ. They hear Christ, not religion, not man, not cultural Christianity. They hear Christ, the real Son of the Most High, and his truth and what he's been trying to say for thousands of years now. Because there are prophets out there. There are 7,000 other prophets out there who have not bowed their knee to Baal. There are others out there who are telling you the same thing. We have not bowed our knee to Baal. But it's like Isaiah says, who's going to believe our report, Lord? Who's going to believe us? They don't believe us. They don't listen, Lord. No one listens. They want to remain in their tradition. They want to remain in their beliefs. And their beliefs have deceived them because they believe that it's from you. What can I do? 
I did a message Monday on the narrow path, and I talked about discipline and God's discipline and about how we are here in this prison planet, this place we shouldn't be, and how we need to work out our salvation. And we have to go to that narrow path in order to get our inheritance. And uh, I was telling Ms. Kapow about what I had said on the show. And she just got done talking to one of her friends um, about this, this, uh, about the book of Enoch and about some of these other, you know, um, ancient writings that contain so much truth and so much uh, enlightenment, you know, to the, to the scripture. She was talking to this other friend about that. And her friend warned Miss Kapow. Her friend said, her friend said, be careful because those are not canonical books. They could be used to shed light, but they're not, they're not inspired by the Holy Spirit. They're not scripture. Be careful. Be careful. And that friend, I feel sorry for her because she's trapped in tradition. She's trapped in the lie that there's groups of men who were able to dictate to her what's the word of God and what isn't. How in the world did these groups of men at the Nicene Council or the Council of Trent, how in the world did these men in the 4th century A.D. gather together? How did they have such insight into the Holy Spirit that they said, this is written by the Holy Spirit and this is not? I am so holy and I am so close to God and sitting so close to his throne that I'm able to dictate what is profitable for you and what is not. Think about that because that's a tradition that we've all bought into. I haven't. I'm out of it. But many of you still believe that. And so Ms. Capaldo, we're having this conversation. She goes, I'm going to send your show, the Monday show, to this person because she needs to hear this. And I said, don't do that. She said, why? I said, it's, she's not ready to receive it. If she was ready to receive it, it'd be different. She's not ready to receive the truth. She's still stuck on her tradition. When she hears me say these things, all it's going to do is make her mad. And she's going to dig in deeper. She's not going to agree with me. She's not going to see the truth because she's blinded to the truth because she refuses to see the truth. She stays with the tradition of men. And until God changes her heart and God opens her eyes, she's not going to see it. I'm, my job isn't to go out there and convince people. All I can do is talk on this show and do what I can do. But people are stuck. They are stuck. And let me read you a story here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. I'm going to show you through some of the comments I got where people are at. This story... It's from ToledoBlade.com. It says, opening statements made in Toledo pastor sex trafficking case. Let me read the story to you first, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about this and how it applies 
to the times we're living in now, and you have to choose life or death, people. I'm not, I am not just talking in the wind. I've been doing this for years now. I talk to several thousand people a month. And I'm real concerned. I'm concerned about the saints. A teenage girl who looked to Anthony Haynes as her father was sexually assaulted and groomed to be used by other men. This is what federal prosecutors told the jury. Federal prosecutors, not state, federal. This is a big, big case. When the feds get involved in it, they don't do anything unless they know they're going to win. I know. I worked, I worked with the DEA, folks. I worked with the DEA in narcotics. I was sworn in as a DEA agent, tax, task force. And I know that the paperwork, your case has to be so perfect that the United States a district, a United States attorney, deputy attorney, will not take the case unless they know they can win. They don't lose. This is a federal case. Anthony Haynes, he's 40 years old. He led a church called Greater Life Christian Church. Greater Life Christian Church. He agreed to let a 14-year-old girl live with his family back in 2014 after she was neglected by her dad and her biological mother. Um, he, he brought this 14-year-old girl into his, his pastoral home. Now he's charged with conspiracy to sex traffic children, sex trafficking, sex exploitation of a minor, and obstruction. Um, there's a jury selected. Uh, what happened is the testimony from the girl's school counselor was heard as well as from FBI agents who executed search warrants back in 2017. It wasn't long before the girl moved in to this pastor's home that soon she realized her relationship with Mr. Haynes would not include a father-daughter bond. Weeks after moving in with the Haynes family, this pastor took the eighth-grade girl to an apartment where he then engaged in oral sex with another woman in front of the teenager. See, that's to break her down. That's to break her defenses down. Later, he took the teenager and the same woman to his church, that church building, folks, not the ecclesia, not the called-out ones, not true Israel, not the ones who hear the lamb and follow him, but the church building. The church, the very church building, the very organization that all these Christians want to defend to the death. They don't, they don't want to defend the teenager, they don't want to say it's a horrible thing that happened to a teenager. They, shouldn't. they want to defend their, their church, their Christianity. This is what they defend. This is what they get riled up about when I start talking against their church. It's a sad state of affairs, and I'm concerned with the saints. I'm concerned with them because they're missing it. They don't listen. He took this teenager and the woman he had oral sex with to his church 
And then he ordered them to engage in sexual acts with each other. And he recorded it on his cell phone. The pastor then took the girls to his church by herself and did things with her. A federal prosecutor said at the place of worship, when she's 14 years old, he had sex with her. Right? And many of you are going, well, he's, he's, a, he's a Satanist. He's not a true pastor. He's, you know, he's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Hear me out. Hear me out. Because the people that say that are the same people who go, well, it won't happen to me, and it couldn't happen to my church, and I go to, you know, a God-fearing, my, you know, they teach the Bible, they, blah, 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 it's, oh, it's those people. Keep believing that. Keep believing that. Keep putting your trust in man and see what happens. It's not biblical to put your trust in man. God never called you to put your trust in man. Or the councils that say what the word of God is or what it isn't. Or who you can listen to or who you can't listen to. Mr. Haynes, the pastor, later introduced the girl to another pastor. His name was Kenneth Butler. And he'd pleaded guilty of having sex with her. You got to remember, this is a federal case. This is a huge thing. This, this is huge for the feds to get involved in it. The teen later moved in with a new guardian, and she began attending Abundant Life Ministries, right? That's a common name, right? You, you can go to any town, almost any city, and you can find uh, churches called Abundant Life Ministries, right? That's a common name. Keep that in mind. But what I, the point is with these names, Abundant Life Ministries or Christian Life Center, is that these aren't some hidden cults somewhere. These aren't some weird snake-handling Christian churches. These aren't Catholic priests, or these aren't Mormons or a cult or, you know, whatever you want to imagine. These are mainstream Christian culture churches in your neighborhood. And if it could happen to Mr. Hayes and Cordell Jenkins, it could happen to you, you cannot put your trust in men. So anyway, Abundant Life Ministries, Cordell Jenkins' church, so Jenkins expressed an interest in the girls. This is, so, okay, this is the third pastor, people. This is the very, this is the third man of God. with this 14-year-old girl. This is the third man of God with a, this 14-year-old girl. I'm going to keep just harping until some people will wake up. Well, it was just an isolated incident. It is not. It is not an isolated incident. It's happening all the time these people got caught. They use the gospel for filthy gain. Well, Jenkins, Pastor Jenkins expressed an interest in the girl, and he encouraged her to have sex with the fellow pastor, coaching her on what to say in text messages and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
apparently this all came out when the uh, the girl showed uh, a counselor, told a counselor something about this, and so they reported it. I think it was through the school. And uh, there was a former county administrator. Her name is Laura Lloyd Jenkins. And she went to Mr. Haynes, Pastor Haynes, and warned him of the upcoming investigation after she met with the girl and her guardian one evening, check this out, folks, at a pizza shop. Now, we've all heard the conspiracy crazy nuts on YouTube talk about pizza being a code word for pedophilia. So when she was told of the investigation, she's a county administrator, by the way, probably went to one of these churches. She then blabbed her gums and warned that pastor, they're looking at you. So now she's in trouble. See how they're all into it? They're all serpent seed, and they all protect each other, or they try to. These are tares among the wheat. Don't you think for one minute, don't don't put words in my mouth and think that I'm saying the wheat are really good churches. That's the church you go to with Pastor so-and-so, and and he's a God-filled man, and they preach the gospel, blah, blah, blah. Oh, we celebrate Christmas and Easter, but, you know, we're a Bible. You're deceived. I'm not talking that. That's a tear. The only wheat are the people who actually follow the Son of God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Most High God, and do his commands. And those are written as guidance for us in his words, whether they're canonized or not. Yeah. This little girl, this 14-year-old girl, apparently showed quite a change in her personality from school going to a, an outgoing student to a, a numb student. Well, you know why? Because she's being boinked by a bunch of pastors, a bunch of grown men in churches like Abundant Life Ministries and Christian Life Center, mainstream cultural Christianity, American churches. Yeah. And this poor girl, this poor victim, 14 years old, been shelled out like a a little prostitute. She'd been performing sex acts with pastors for years. And here's what she told the counselor. She says that she felt like she was ruining church families as well as the pastor's family. It was her fault, see? She's the one ruining the church families and the pastor's family by being a sexy 14-year-old child, right? It's her fault. That's what they did to her head. And when federal prosecutors served a search warrant on Pastor Haynes' office or his, I should say, his home, when they they searched his home, did a search warrant, you know where they found this coward, this man of God? They found him hiding in a crawl space under the stairs. 
He's a son of Satan. I think you'll agree with me on that, right? You'll agree with me on that, right? You'll agree with me that his church was a satanic church disguising itself as a Christian church. You'll agree with me on that. But you won't agree that you may be in the same system because men have told you you need to be in that system. There was evidence leaking to each pastor. Semen was found on various items in their homes and churches. Is, is, this, is this making you sick to your stomach? There's receipts linking every pastor to different area hotels. The co-defendants, Cordell Jenkins, Laura Boyd Jenkins, obviously that's the, 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 the administrator, obviously that's his wife, and Kenneth Butler, Pastor Kenneth Butler, all three pastors, and a, and a big county administrator have all entered pleas. Oh, yeah. The co-defendants have entered pleas, but Mr. Hayes, oh, uh, he hasn't yet. So the jury has to focus on the evidence related to the case at hand. And Pastor Hayes sat back, Haynes, I'm sorry, Pastor Haynes sat back in his chair throughout the morning in a wrinkled and untucked dress shirt. There's a separate case involving Mr. Haynes' wife. Yeah, you're probably wondering, where's, where's the woman of God? Where's the pastor's wife and his stepdaughter? He has a stepdaughter. Where's the pastor's wife? She's innocent. She didn't know. Well, there's a, there's a pending federal case against those two also. You know what they're accused of? Trying to get the victim to not testify against Pastor Haynes. They knew damn well what's going on. They're tares. The pastor's wife appeared before the judge requesting to be released from custody with conditions, and the judge denied the request noting her failure to appear in previous court hearings. So she's a liar. Adding there is evidence she might be a serious threat to the community. Oh, that's just one story. That's just one story, right? That's one story. And I've heard this over and over again. There's... Uh, there's there's a there's some guy who was who was emailing me, you know, recently and he had he had asked me for a recommendation uh for a church. So I told him I do not go to a church. I I won't set foot in one. I don't go to that. It's it's I've I've been called out of that. I've been called out of Babylon. I serve the most high God. I don't sit under a man lying to me. I don't, I don't do cultural Christianity. I don't do that. And I nicely, but I nicely told him what the deal was. And then I talked to mature, disenfranchised people who are tired of apostate systems. Many, many of my listeners don't go to a church. They can't find a church. They've been called out of it and just said, Phew. 
and they serve God with all their hearts, their souls, their strengths, their minds, their spirits, and they got wisdom. Many do. Those are the people I focus on, the ones that hear the shepherd's voice. I can't help people who who are still stuck in tradition. I have a good friend, and I feel sorry for him, but I've told him over and over and over again about the truth. And he, he, he won't give up the traditions, including the pagan holiday traditions. He wouldn't give them up. And now his life is in a shambles. It literally is in a shambles. And he won't learn. I, I don't know what to do. But this guy was emailing me going, what kind of church, what church do you recommend I go to? I can't recommend a church. I don't go to one. I explained it to him. And you know what he tells me? He goes, well, oh, I go to, I go to a Calvary Chapel, and uh, my, uh, my pastor is a, uh, a man of God, and they preach uh, the truth of the Bible. So I run back, good for you. I can't, I, I can't help you. It, it only applies to everybody else but not you. And then, you know, a week later, he sends me a leak to this socialist Christian leader, Tim King. The guy's a socialist Marxist, which is, a sat- which is Satanism. <laughs> he sends me, without, without solicitation or asking, he just sends me a leak to this guy's message. You know, well, that tells me right where your head's at. You're into all the cultural Christianity. That's where you're at. You and I can't walk hand in hand. We're not friends. I can't have anything to do with you. I don't want anything to do with you. Just like Miss Kapow's friend there. Oh, you got to be careful. It's not canon. Oh, I can't help you then. If, you, if, you're, if your mind is so deceived by the traditions of men that you can't see truth in ancient scripture, I can't help you. And so on this particular story I just read you on my own Facebook page, Fifth Hook Media, I have one gal, bless her heart, says what these pastors, quote unquote, did is horrible. And I and thank you for agreeing that that was horrible what they did to this kid. But she tells me, she goes, I dis, but I disagree about judging a church by its name. I belong to Abundant Life Fellowship. And it's a very sound Bible-believing church. Our pastors are godly men who love the Lord Jesus and preach against sin. Wow. you uh, Really? And you know that how? You know that how for sure? That you know that your Abundant Life Fellowship is very sound. You know that how and that it's a Bible-believing church. I would ask you. Do you celebrate Christmas at your church and Easter? I know you do because all churches do. And if you do, you tell me how that's not satanic. Our pastors are godly men who love the Lord Jesus and preach against sin. The devils believe and they tremble. You say you believe in God. You say you preach against God. Satan, the demons believe and tremble. When they saw Jesus Christ, they say, what have we to do with you, son of the most high? And then I got another guy 
And he writes, these actions have no connection to Christianity. People have used the name of Jesus Christ for thousands of years in negative ways. Satan plays on weakness. Jesus lifts us up and asks us to give thanks in all things. Those men are in the business of tarnishing the name of Jesus. Well, yeah, but you do not have to defend your cultural Christianity. Jesus lifts us up and asks us to give thanks in all things. That statement right there tells me where you're at. Really, that's what it's all about? Just lift up and, yeah, thank you for it. Really? I'm sure they were thanking Jesus for this 14-year-old girl. It does have connection to Christianity, cultural Christianity. Because my statement was, when I posted this, my statement was, this pastor and other pastor buddies sexualized this 14-year-old girl and even did it inside of the church building. With names like Greater Life Christian Center and Abundant Life Ministries, the false religion of post-biblical Christianity is an abhorrent abomination. Get out from among her unless you taste the wrath that is coming. You see what I wrote there? I wrote the truth. I'm telling people the truth. Did I say all churches named Abundant Life Ministries were uh, sexual predators? I did not say that. I said with names like that. It's a false religion of post-biblical Christianity. If you go to a church that's not post-biblical, I want to know where that's at. What does that mean, post-biblical? It means after the Bible. It's not biblical. Well, what church is biblical? They're not. You were never told to form an organization and a business enterprise and get tax exemption and put people on salary and do the things you do. Never. Well, what about the Jewish synagogue? It was all part of the temple worship. It was under the law. Christ had provided income for the Levitical priesthood because the temple was the center to worship only him. That's where he put his name. There was no other temple. There was no other place. Synagogues were just places where the Jews met. It wasn't a business. It wasn't salaried. They weren't tax exempt from Roman law. Jesus fed 5,000 people at one point. He fed 4,000. He had a huge following. He never opened up a church. What about Paul planting churches? They were assemblies. They were Christians who assembled together. If you're listening to me and you're a call that one, you're assembled with me. You edify, you learn, you grow. You don't go play games and be purpose-driven and how to do a business model, how to get more people. You, disagree, you know, these people will disagree with me all day long, and that's fine. But it concerns me that they don't get it that someone could not get what I said 
about the false religion of post-biblical Christianity, that it is a fact abhorrent abomination, not to me, but to God. They don't understand when I said, get out from among her unless you taste the wrath that is coming, that I am quoting Jesus Christ out of the book of Revelation. How could you not understand what I'm saying? That if you continue in the deception and you continue into the lie, you are going to be destroyed when they're destroyed because you're there. I just gave you four examples. These two people here. It has nothing to do with Christianity. Yeah, it does. And this other one, you know, our pastors are love the Lord. How can they, you know, I, I, you know, you can't judge a church by its name. Didn't you read what I said? Didn't you read the article? And, and besides that, what about the 14-year-old girl? Why are we defending your church's name and your Bible-believing pastors and your tradition? Why are you defending that instead of being outraged about a 14-year-old girl being sexualized by three grown men who had authority over her, pretending they were men of God. And the, and the, and the family's hiding this. And, and, and the, the, the besmearing of true Christianity to the rest of the world by this being a federal case. Why are they not outraged by that? I don't know. I don't know. But I guess I beat my dead horse long enough on one article. I, I, I get to the point of disgust. There are 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal. I am not going to bow to Satan. got a few more stories. Should I go on? I don't know. There's probably crickets out there. Probably lost everybody. Um, there's a study. Proof that girls and boys are born to be different. They call it a controversial study. It finds that brain differences between the sexes begin in the womb. The differences between male and female brains start in the womb, the study says. Male brains are found to be more susceptible to environmental influences Female brains growing in the uterus produce long-range networks. Um, scientists did brain scans. 118 fetuses in the second half of pregnancy uh, said they were different. Brains are different. Well, a study like this goes against the false lie of gender dysphoria. It goes against um, Professor Gina Rippon, who, who authored the book, The Gendered Brain, right, <coughs> who doesn't believe there's a difference that everybody could just decide if you're male or female. Um, guess what? They're different. They call it a controversial study. There's no controversy at all. It's the truth. Now, how about this one? Amazon apparently was selling child sex dolls for pedophiles. Maybe Pastor Haynes and his pastor buddies um, invested in this company. It's a stunning discovery Amazon uh, had because once this came out, 
they removed the links, but only after it came out. They had sex dolls that looked like children for sale on their site. It was a company called DV, DVKFP. Uh, had sex dolls. They're clearly meant to target pedophiles and represent children. They were listed on Amazon, including a promise for hidden delivery. And the pictures are clearly sex, sexualized children. You know, uh, I mean, clearly disgusting. One picture shows an underdeveloped child's body with no breast and a little girl headband. Uh, her legs, she's sitting there with her legs spread wide open. It's just disgusting. And another has photos of what look, looks like to be a young teen tied up with rope and torn clothes and a bloody gag in her mouth. It's a sex doll. Um, there's a picture of that, and, uh, you know, their dress is lifted up, and you can see her uh, underwear. Totally disgusting. This was being sold on Amazon. And... um Anyway, you know, because the people who make these say, well, it's for pedophiles, so they don't carry out their fantasy on real children. And you know that's not how demons work. Uh, they, they need more and more and more and more. This, this is just fueling that fantasy. It's fueling the demonic deal because they're not going to get satisfied with an a inanimate object. They're going to have to actually do it to little kids, right? Um, so that's a bunch of crap. Anyway, the article goes on, and when this came out... Uh, Amazon pulled the links to that. All right. So that's disgusting. So that's right in your backyard. And let me just end up with this. My uh, good friend, John Montero, Juan, once again, sent me a great article that made us both regurgitate, vomit a little bit in our mouth. This is from... uh, CBS Philly says Plymouth meetings men only group aims to heal through power of cuddling. Yeah. Plymouth meeting, Pennsylvania, a Montgomery County group of men is looking to help other men through the therapeutic power of cuddling. According to their meetup page. The men's therapeutic cuddle group's goal is to provide a safe, structured, and platonic environment for men to experience the three A's, acceptance, affirmation, and affection. And I I think they forgot the fourth A, and I think that's ass. The group is accepting of men from all backgrounds, but notes... Men with back or knee injuries or those suffering from obesity may find it difficult to fully participate. Wow. In other words, we don't want injured fat guys, please. Right? The group establishes safe touch boundaries. You know, when you hug another man, there's safe touch boundaries. Before every session and only allows non-sexual cuddling. Just non-sexual cuddling. Just cuddle. Participants must remain fully clothed at all times. Oh, and they must shower before meetings. So no stinky, um, fat, lame guys. And uh, no touchy-touchy, right? But you can cuddle, must shower. Now, check this out. The meetup page also notes that most men experience some level of arousal during cuddling. 
This is completely normal. We're all guys. We just ignore it. There is no shame here. End of quote. <laughs> right there is a lie. Most men experience some kind of level of arousal during cuddling. You're cuddling another man and you experience... I don't think most men experience some kind of level of arousal. I think most men would say, get away from me. This is completely normal. It's not normal. We're all guys. It's not normal for guys to get sexually aroused because they're cuddling another man. This is satanic. We just ignore it. There's no shame here. <sighs> Headline news. That's what it is. It's the world we're in. But let's let's worry about the name of our cultural Christian church. Let's 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 talk about that. Let's talk about judging churches by their name. Let's 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 defend cultural Christianity. Let's 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 defend that. Let's 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 not worry about this other stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a little, I'm a little perturbed. I, I just, I get tired. I just get tired of saying the same stuff, and it just seems like people don't listen. You know, I used to second guess myself. You know, maybe I'm not saying the right thing. Maybe I'm offensive. Maybe, yeah, it is, it is offensive. It is offensive. But the more I study God's word, the more I look at his revelations and the things that he's, he's revealed to his prophets, to his seers, the more you look at that and you see a whole different world than what your tradition have taught you. You start hearing a voice and it's the voice of the shepherd. And it's the real shepherd. It's Jesus Christ of Nazareth, son of the most high God. It's not a pseudo Christ. It's not a replacement Christ. It's not a religion. It's not a cultural Christianity. And it certainly isn't traditions of men. It has nothing to do with men. But everything to do with the wisdom of God. That's all I have to say. Good night. Sipping whiskey from a paper cup. You drown your sorrows till you can't stand up. Take a look. What you done to yourself? Why don't you put the bottle back on the shelf? Yellow finger from your cigarette. Your hands are shaking while your body sweats. Why don't you look into Jesus? He got the answer. Work all night, you sleep all day. You take your money from.
Don't know how Why don't you look in 